Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm super excited because my guest today has been a friend of mine for a long time, dating all the way back to college at Syracuse. We've crossed the country together making comedy videos. We've shared some of the best and most unforgettable experiences and moments and memories together. But since then, he has gone on to become a Lego artist, an architect, an author, and a host. He's been called the Bob Ross of Lego. He's hosted multiple seasons of the popular YouTube series Brick by Brick and recently released a book by the same name. Major installations he's done all over the country for some of the biggest brands from Zappos to Tumblr to Warner Brothers. His work was even featured on the Oscars. You can see him and hear him right here and right now. Adam Ward, welcome. You're now in the zone. Yeah. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for that intro. For sure, man. I'm here to pump people up. I, I appreciate it. I feel pumped. Good. I'm I glad. I feel very pumped. I feel up. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad. We'll try to keep it there the whole time. Into it. All right. Well... There's so many things to talk about. Obviously, we've known each other for such a long time and, uh, you know, about your whole career. And I want to get into all of that. But right now, you've really dove into your creative side over the last few years and uh, gone all in on Lego and being creative with your hands, your mind, uh, doing what you do best, being on camera, personable, but also as that's translated into this incredible book, Brick by Brick, and your creativity has shown through uh, using now legos and building as as your medium i ask everybody uh, kind of a first question what it means for them to get in the zone you hear lots of different examples of athletes actors you know the red light goes on or the ball is tipped and they got to get focused and for you in what you do for a living how do you get in the zone and what does that zone mean for you that's a great question. Um, and so conveniently, your middle name. <laughs> if you were Jason, uh, like Ivan Fisher, you're like, how do you get in the Ivan? I know. That would be... <laughs> wouldn't, like, wouldn't work quite as well. <laughs> um, the zone, uh, for me, there's like when I'm working, when I'm thinking about what's going to happen, mm -hmm. um, being in the zone is no longer thinking about what's going to happen or what has happened, but it's really about being present with whatever I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And it's really 
for me, easy to get into the zone um, when I'm building because it is so meditative and it's something I've been doing forever. Mm -hmm. um, there are awkward moments in builds and frustrating moments in builds and hit a lot of walls while building. But most of the time, I feel like I don't even know how long has passed. Yeah. Like I, I start building and sometimes I'm like, I, I don't even remember putting that there. Like mm -hmm. it was there a few minutes ago or, you know, I, I'll take my headphones off and like an hour will have passed or two hours will have passed or sometimes like seven hours will have passed. Yeah. So for me, it's about being present and kind of having everything aligned. I was reading in your book, which is an incredible book and everyone listening Thanks. or watching should definitely check it out. It's fun. It's fun for all ages. Even if you're not a huge Lego fan, it sp speaks to your creativity and your sense of humor really shines oh, through. Oh, man. Yeah, but you, you mentioned in there that music, I mean, even in the, in the acknowledgements, I think you thank all the musical <laughs> artists <laughs> who yeah, helped yeah. you yeah. in this. So how important is music into your creative process? So, so important. Um, I've been doing some, some time lapses recently mm -hmm. where I'll have a camera shoot something that I'm building and depending on what I'm listening to, like I find myself like building to the beat, like oh, building cool. with the rhythm, yeah. um, which is great when I know what I'm doing. Sometimes I get a little bit ahead of myself and I was like, oh wait, I, gotta, I need something with a lower BPM. <laughs> but it's, it's a huge part of it, like music and podcasts and just like something, like I can't watch anything. Mm -hmm. I, that's, it's too distracting. Mm -hmm. And if there's nothing going on, uh, just the sound of Lego, which can be like really nice and almost like white noise or background noise. Um, but it's, it's huge. Like I listen to dozens of hours of, of music and podcasts every week yeah. while I'm building. I'm really lucky that while I'm working, my ears are pretty free. Sure. You know, people who like need to be on the phone all day or having conversations all day, like that's wonderful also. But most of what I'm doing, I get to, you know, rock out. Yeah, absolutely. You've always been someone, I mean, music's been a part of your life. You're an incredible rapper and performance artist as well. Uh, we can get into some of that a little bit later, but um, uh, it's interesting how music has, I think, played a, a through line through a lot of your creativity and sparked a lot for you, too. Yeah, thanks for yeah. the compliments you peppered in there. And yeah, yeah, yeah. like... Yeah, I mean, I was rocking out like on the drive here. Like, whenever I have the ability to listen to music, why not listen to music? You have a favorite? You have a favorite to like build to? You're doing a big Lego build. Do you have like a go-to uh, artist or genre? I mean, hip hop the most. Mm -hmm. um, Atmosphere and Outcast have like been in the top five for the last twenty years. So I think they'll probably stay there for the rest of my life. Yeah, a lot of Radiohead, especially if I'm like writing emails and stuff. It's mm -hmm. nice to have something without lyrics, or we're like the voice, like Tom York's voice in Radiohead. It's like I'm not really listening to what he's saying. It's like it almost trance. becomes an in, like an instrument. Yeah. So I can listen to Radiohead and write an email, no problem. Right, or if I'm like right. listening to Outcast, like all of a sudden I'm like, why did I put Miss Jackson in this email? <laughs> um, so so yeah, like building, I like lyric stuff, and then when I'm doing other sort of work, it's cool to just have an instrumental track or something like it. So when people come to you and say, "What do you do for a living?" How do you answer that question? How do you describe it? Because maybe you know young kids get it, but how would, like, your parents, I, when you first told them you were going to do this, what did they say and how did you frame it? Or what do you say now? Yeah, I think it's changed a bit mm -hmm. in now it's less surprising to people mm -hmm. um, because I feel like there's professional video game players. There's professional, yeah. like, everything. Like yeah. The Internet has just made it so everything can be a career, which mm -hmm. is amazing. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, and in the beginning... It was, like, as a kid, I never thought about doing Lego professionally. I didn't even, like, acknowledge that as a possibility. Yeah. Uh, and I've been working for a really long time. I acted as a kid. 
and never had a normal job. Right. So for people who have been in my family or friends for a really long time, it's not a surprise for them. But when I meet a person who is an accountant <laughs> or in marketing yeah. or has a job with a desk and uh, a business card without you know a crazy pattern on the back, yeah. uh, it, it's, it's funny, like in Los Angeles, we're surrounded by creatives all the time. Mm -hmm. It's hard to surprise somebody by saying what you do. Right. But when I travel, when and when you know travel gets to be a thing again, yeah. Um, that's when people more like, wait, what do you mean? Oh, you right. work for Lego the company? No, no, no. I don't work for Lego the company. I mean, we collaborate sometimes, but I build with Lego bricks and then I sell the things or I teach people how to build them. I had this book come out. People are just like, what do you talk? But like, okay, <laughs> right. so that's your hobby. Okay, yeah. so like, so on the weekends. But like, what do you do? Like Monday morning, I'm like, I, I build with Lego, I write emails about Lego, I like bust out graph paper and sketch things that I'm going to build, like that's my job, yeah. which is an absurd thing to say, but a really wonderful thing to say. Yeah, where did your love of Lego, and just even broader than that, creating things, making things, do you remember, have memories of where this began? I was two, we were moving houses, and while my parents were looking at a house where we would maybe move to, mm -hmm. I was just hanging out in the kid's room that lived there, because he had all of his Lego poured onto his closet floor, and the whole time my parents were like looking at the house and talking to the realtor, I was just building Lego. Oh, wow. That's where we ended up moving, and yeah. I like burst into tears when we moved in, and there were no Lego in the closet. <laughs> so like my parents started buying me some. That's where like the love with Lego started, mm -hmm. and then I've loved art, I've loved making things, my whole life, mostly as a kid that was channeled into performing because I didn't really think that when I was doing Lego, I was doing art. Mm -hmm. I was building like vehicles from my Ninja Turtles. I was building castles. I was building rocket ships, like the stuff that kids all build. Yeah. And like, yeah, it was creative, but for me, it was just playing. Right. Um, and then art classes, I connected with to an extent, but not majorly because I'm, I'm an okay drawer. Mm -hmm. I can't really paint. I took one pottery class, uh, but there wasn't that just like fluency and that's on me for not spending the time to like build it up. Yeah. But as an adult, when some things started to click uh, and I re-picked up Lego, I had been building so many hours. I'd built up that competency. So then when I took my, you know, now adult design eye, when I took everything that I had learned yeah. from looking at art, reading about art, experiencing art and applied it to this medium that I knew and this medium that finally didn't frustrate me right out of the gates, it was just like, a beautiful moment, like a confluence of these two things. And I think that's, yeah, like putting in the time without even realizing I was putting in the time right. ended up being such a gift. So you were a, a performer when you were young. You were in plays, you were in commercials, you did a lot of acting. And then even when you moved out to Los Angeles, you and I worked on a lot of different fun projects together. We'll get into some of that, you know, traveling the country together on behalf of brands, really creative partners coming up with comedy videos, shooting, directing, editing, producing, doing all of that, and going out for a lot of auditions, mm -hmm. both in the acting space and in the hosting space. And it's a grind here in LA. So many people can relate to that. You get a lot of wins, a lot of losses, a lot of close calls. When did you decide to make this pivot or did a light bulb go off to say, not that you wanted to not do that, but yeah. that you kind of took a different path and, and pursued Lego as this is more than just a hobby or something I like to do, but this is something I could earn some money and start to build a career. Yeah, it's a light bulb that's on that went off and it like flickers and I think about doing other things, yeah. but I've been 
like a, a polymath for most of my life. Mm-hmm. And I was really thinking about like the results that I was getting. Mm-hmm. Um, and through, you know, a lot of the work, like personal work that we've both done. Yeah. It became really clear to me that putting my energy into a single endeavor, mm-hmm. it was like the best thing I could do for myself. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean that that's the endeavor I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Yeah. But instead of like, juggling all of these things and really like multitasking always Mm -hmm. to put a concentrated effort into something. And you know, in 2011, I had a food truck. I was like, oh, it'd be really cool to have this this, this business, own a business, have that be like, you know, the the day job thing and then just be able to focus on creative stuff. It was an amazing um, food truck. Thank you. Thank the you. Nacho, nacho truck. truck, RIP, delicious nachos, not delicious business, did not yeah. work, but I learned so much. And coming out of that, licking my wounds, I was like, okay, so having a business is the thing to do. Mm. I want to have my own business now because I was, you know, supported in some ways and not supported in other ways Mm -hmm. by the people who I was in business with. I was like, okay, if I want to just have it be the Adam show, what can I do? And at that same time, I had been posting um, some pictures of Lego creations on online. Um, I don't know if it was Facebook or MySpace or both. And people were really digging them. And these gears just started turning. And then in 2012, I launched a Kickstarter to be like, hey, Mm -hmm. this is what I want to do. I grew up with Lego. I still love Lego. And I don't want a Death Star in my house. I don't want a Harry Potter castle on my coffee table. Mm. Not that there's anything wrong with that. You have a Harry Potter castle on your coffee table? Go you. That's great. But that's not my style. But I wanted to still bring Lego into my life and build things that I needed. Mm -hmm. You know, coasters, art, side table, lamps, like things that like everybody my age needed who also grew up with Lego. I was like, maybe there's something here. Um, And the Kickstarter was successful and it's just sort of like one thing has led to another. And then I got to do the show, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. Bringing, being on camera and talking about things that I love, like yeah. Lego. Yeah. Um, and my building skill together. And yeah, I'm just sort of writing it. Because as a, a Lego artist sounds like a very specific thing. Sure. Like how, that's the most specific job I've ever heard of. <laughs> and yet there are right. people who like do the same thing that I do that don't do any of the same things that I do. Right. That just do like duplications of ballparks mm-hmm. or they just do like pixelated family photo and like it's beautiful work it's really cool it's not what i do right. so there's so many ways that i can do what i do that um i'm still exploring and i'm still figuring out you know i don't know how i'll self-identify five years from now ten years from now but like you know artist author host working with lego like mm-hmm broad enough that it feels really good. It feels like you really started in the Lego space making functional products. I even mm-hmm. remember you were living with uh, you know some mutual friends of ours, and I, I think there was like you needed to find a TV stand yeah, yeah, or something, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And you like couldn't find the right TV stand, so what? You're like, I'll, I'll just build it exactly out of Lego. Yeah, and that sort of sparked something. And then from coasters and picture frames, keychains, things that like you actually lose use in life, but mm-hmm. uh, and lose at times the keychains. <laughs> totally. well, yeah, but to build them out of Lego and. I feel like you still do that, but now it's gone more a little more artistic where you do like big installations. How would yeah. you define your place in the Lego world, exactly the types of products and art that you make? Yeah. Uh, in the beginning, it was that. It was, that, was the, that was the thesis of the Kickstarter. Yeah. You know, I want to build practical things that are normally boring. I want to build them with Lego because mm-hmm. Lego is so well made and so 
multifunctional that I think I can do the same thing that these boring things are doing, yep. make them cool and still have them work. Yep. Like what good is a keychain if it looks cool but falls apart all the time? Right. As I was looking at you know scaling up and really turning it into a business, uh, just the numbers weren't quite working mm -hmm. to be working in that scale. Like yeah. I didn't I, like I I didn't have you know some name that could charge a hundred dollars for like a little you know trinket right. like you know Jonathan Adler or Tiffany and Co or something that's been around for a long time. Sure. They can do that um, right out of the gates. I wasn't able to do that, mm. so I was kind of back, not all the way to the drawing board because we're still working in the Lego space, mm -hmm. still developing my aesthetic, um, figuring out what colors go really well together, what patterns I can do. And that's when I started doing some wall art, some mural work, and really having uh, the, the connectivity came into it, like building with other people, yeah. like having a mural that I don't finish, but having a mural that I start and then invite hundreds of people to add their own spin on it, like the, the mural in the lobby of Zappos and building at events and really connecting with people was so amazing. Yeah. Um, kind of helping them tap into their creativity while I'm also like enjoying tapping into mine. Uh, and I think that is also what, what, what helped me want to teach would help me want to make this book so that's been a thrill and i think that's where i'm putting more energy now is not me just building hey hey look what i can do but what can we all do together mm -hmm. and by me trying my hardest and by taking creative risks and by sharing it like hopefully i'm giving permission to other people to do the same well it's interesting i mean you've said that you believe that play and creativity are the two most important things in life. And you strive to do both every day and to inspire others to do that. Can you expand on that a little bit? Because I, I feel like that's why we're friends. <laughs> we definitely vibe on that play and creativity and trying to do both those things in our careers and our lives and inspire others to do the same. Like now that we're both dads, mm -hmm. we see immediately when we connect with our daughters, play is the thing. Mm -hmm. Play is the thing that doesn't matter what kind of day you're having, you know, your daughter invites you to, to climb something or to build something or to maybe play a game even though they don't know the rules yet. Right. Um, and it's, it's amazing, one, how that immediately brings us to the present moment, mm -hmm. which is also super important to me. And it, it dissolves so many uh, barriers that people have about differences in ideologies, backgrounds, anything. Points of play for kids, like at a playground, a bunch of kids who don't know each other are all, all of a sudden like, oh, let's, okay, we're gonna go down the slide. Oh wait, no, that part's lava. So we gotta get over that. And like, it's a, an immediate connective activity yep. with just like, just permission. Yeah. Um, and that's how I feel when I put a, a pile of Lego in front of somebody. Um, there's nothing we need to do, but what do we want to do? What can we create? What can we, oh, let's do this and that. Um, and it's, it, I feel very alive in those mm -hmm. moments. Um, maybe that's like the reason Evil Knievel or whoever's taking Evil Knievel's place out. Is he still around? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that's why people like Evil jump Junior. off buildings. Right. Evil Junior, yeah. Evil Junior, Junior. Yeah. Um, jump off buildings. Like that's how they feel alive. Like right. I feel really alive when I am creating, I don't know what's gonna happen next. I don't know what we're gonna make, um, but we do get to like create something that likely or possibly has never been created before. 
I wanted to ask you about that because you've done so many major installations or you're commissioned by big brands, big companies for very specific things, whether it's building a replica of the Lombardi Trophy or, uh, you know, an Oscar statuette or whatever it is where you have a specific task in mind and you have to build something to scale. How often are you doing things like that? Are you still able to just play? Just you and literally... I have no goal. I have no end goal. I don't know what I'm going to make or create, but I'm just going to put on some outcast and make something and see what happens. Are you still able to do that? Or do you always kind of have this now task you have sure. to solve? Yeah. A lot of my building is task oriented. Mm -hmm. A lot of the building is going in the direction of, of a, a finished product that I've either like sketched out or explained, or I'm imitating something that already exists. But when I am imitating something that already exists, um, it's just like somebody who, who does impressions of people. Mm -hmm. it's, they're not trying to convince you that they're that person. Right. So it's still a performance. They're still having fun with it. They're still putting, still putting their spin on it. Yeah. So, and th that is the artistry. Mm -hmm. So I might be doing a you know, six foot tall unicorn for Lego masters. And we all kind of have an idea of what a unicorn looks like. Right. So I can't, you know, present like, you know, a blue frog is probably not what they're looking for yeah. or some weird abstract art that I'm convincing them is a unicorn. Like uh -huh. I have to make a unicorn. I yeah. get to make a unicorn, uh -huh. but the pathway that I get to is there's so many ways to do it. Mm -hmm. The direction that most of the bricks are facing, um, the techniques, how I'm getting the curves, yeah. what I'm building in what order, how big I'm making things. So there's still a ton of play, even though in, in a situation like that, I am working within a frame. Do you think that helps your creativity as opposed to just saying, here's every Lego piece and building block ever invented, go make something versus we know here's the vision we want. We mm -hmm. know we need X, Y, and Z or this unicorn. Does that actually spark your creativity yes. almost coloring within the lines? Yeah, I think bit? so for I think definitely that having yeah. having some restrictions. Yeah. Like, you know, creativity is the mother of invention or necessity is the mother of invention. Something's the mother of we'll invention. We'll look that up. We don't know invention's yeah. dead. Right. We left early. <laughs> um, <laughs> invention, I'm gonna go get some cigarettes. Yeah. Uh, so um, I think that having a few constraints is really helpful mm -hmm. um, because the idea of like a blank page can be really overwhelming for people. Like, where do I begin? I don't want to start the wrong way. But then if we put a couple of like, oh, we're only going to use blue and we're only going to do this. Like, oh, okay, what can I do? All of a sudden, the ideas are coming out of the restriction, which seems like kind of surprising, but that's that's how I felt. I've found the exact same thing that when given a task or a mission, it actually helps my creativity to explore. And there's no perfect example of that, more perfect example of that than you and I and a lot of the work we did together <laughs> for contests. We started entering and winning a bunch of different contests where we'd be given a very vague yet specific mission, mm -hmm. and then that would spark our creativity, which is a perfect segue to our next segment called Rewind, where we're going to take a look back at some <laughs> classic clips Amazing. and get your reaction to oh, Amazing. So here we go. Here's the first said clip one of those contest entries where it all began back in the summer of 2010. We got our new Gillette Fusion Pro Glides two days ago and they're the best razors ever. But my roommate Jason has now been shaving for 19 hours straight. I'm not shaving, I'm gliding. Dude, but it's not just like you're shaving yourself anymore. Gliding, Adam, gliding. Gillette me finish? Uh, Is gliding anything he can get his hands on? It's too much, man. We gotta get out of this house. Uh, what's going on the road trip we've been talking about? 
There's no way they're going on a road trip unless it's all about Gillette. And we both know it's not like they're just giving away the ultimate summer job. Dude, that's actually exactly what they're doing. What? How do we do this? Uh, we gotta love Gillette. Uh, that's us. We've been reenacting Gillette commercials for years. Gillette, the best a man can get. You gotta love to travel. Uh oh, cops. Activate hands-free shave. <laughs> hey, we gotta make a video. I think we just did. Weird. Hey, I'm Jason. Yo, I'm Adam. Hey, Gillette. We want to be a part of your ultimate summer job. Bam. <laughs> so, yes, yes. I 11 know. years ago? Crazy, right? When you look back at that, it's like a, we, a we haven't changed. We haven't changed at all. I mean, just a little bit. Different haircuts, you know. And, hey, it's like a big F you to Gillette. Look at these right facial yeah. hair we got right now. <laughs> what happened there, man? But uh, that's crazy. I mean, that all came about. We did that in a couple hours, one afternoon. Just, crazy. Yeah. you know, like, see what would happen. And what, what are your thoughts when you see that submission video? Uh, better sound. <laughs> <laughs> but aside from that, like, it's a ton of shots. It's a ton of ideas that we were able to mm -hmm. cram into... 60 seconds, 90 seconds, 60 seconds. 60 seconds. Um, the task was 60 seconds, show your passion for Gillette. Right. That was it. And like why we should win this contest. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, there's like, there's jokes that I still think are funny. <laughs> uh, sometimes we look back at things we did a really long time ago mm -hmm. and cringe a little bit. Right. Uh, I think that's aged really well, <laughs> you know, yeah, surprising yeah. Yeah. sound aside. Yeah. Uh, it's still funny. Yeah. Um, and Gillette was such a treat. It was it was so, it was so much fun. fun. It was such like a, it like in hindsight it it feels like I, I remember it like a montage. Right. And I thought it was kind of like a montage because we were montages. going everywhere all yeah. the time and. Uh, so basically, Gillette was having a contest called the Ultimate Summer Job, looking for two guys to travel the country. We submitted that video. They had thousands of entries, and we were chosen as one of four finalists in America flown to New York for this live event in front of a panel of celebrity judges, John Cena, Aaron Andrews, Tony Parker. And we did some performances. You wrote an incredible rap that was amazing. And, and we performed that on stage. They showed our videos and we won. What were, we went to 25 cities over six weeks, driven around America in a Gillette yeah. tour bus, creating content for the brand all over. Yeah. What were some of your highlights? I can share some of mine, but that is a once in a lifetime experience that every day was like, we're getting paid to do this? This it was, is crazy. It, it was nuts. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that onstage performance felt like, I mean, I, I, was eight was eight mile even now? It felt like our eight mile moment. Yeah. You know, like, like, we're like feeling so good on the stage. We had the entire audience behind us. Right. right. Like we were just, we were in the zone, like for sure. For sure. Um, that was a treat. Like, being backstage and being like, is there any way we don't win? And not like out of ego. I know. Not like, like, yeah. like, like, we just rocked this. Like we, we had yeah. a, I built a, a Gillette razor on stage. Yeah. Remember? Right, like right, nobody right. took that. Nobody picked that one because it was yeah. the most challenging. Right. And I remember that night super, super clearly that mm -hmm. like the rest of it is kind of a blur. Right. And I sort of like conflate that tour with moments of Butterfinger and then moments of like later Gillette stuff. Right. But 
that's when we got all the jerseys, right? That's when we were like All Star Game. That's when we were everything. Yeah. We were we were on the field at the baseball All Star Game, backstage at the ESPY Awards. We yes. did the Brickyard Four Hundred. So many, we, so much NASCAR stuff. A lot of NASCAR so stuff. Much. We saw learned, that world. Learned yeah. so much about NASCAR. Exactly. We hung out with uh, Derek Jeter. Dug out of Yankee yeah. Stadium. Yeah. It was a blast. We led the Patriots out of the tunnel and did the coin toss in midfield. Being in that helmet was wild. That was Being, nuts. And it, yes. a, of a and an inflatable game. helmet. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> so for anyone listening, does that doesn't make any sense? We're in a helmet. A huge, yeah. Huge helmet that the entire team um, or the entire offense is right. in bef- as before the game starts. Standing next to Tom Standing Brady. Standing next to Tom Brady and his unbelievable intensity. Yeah. He was the most amped up. I've ever seen anybody be that in was my entire life. It was a preseason game. game. I know. That was crazy. I think I, it was the third preseason game. Though. Oh, so it was like, late. It was, it was pre- like some yeah. stakes. Exactly. Like, it's as close to a real game as possible. Yeah, exactly. It was um, amazing. Well, it was an amazing tour, and this next clip actually showcases some of the places we went, some of the people that we bumped into. So we'll take a look at this. Sexy on my skin. Turns <laughs> the team to win. We'll show them how to glide. Like Tony Parker on the court, <laughs> as smooth as Aaron Andrews reporting on a sport. And when I'm gliding, my facial hair says you can't see me, like Tiny John Cena's. We'll get all the non-believers to catch the fusion fever. Whether you hit puberty or you're 33 or no geezer. I'll never use another razor again. And we Anything won't either. Oh. So it's a we're not too immature, but still young enough to exhibit enthusiasm for your products are the hottest. How'd you fit all that in a rap? Man, I'm astonished. Since you picked us, we guarantee. No scratch that. We promise. We'll get every apartment, dorm room, townhouse, college. Check to fancy mansion or house that's pretty modest. Try the Fusion Pro Glide before the end of August. What? Boom. Mic drop with Derek Jeter there at the end. That so a was, collection of random people and celebrities right. performing our rap. Yeah, that yeah. was the rap we did on stage. And yes. then we had this idea that was just like, let's see what else we could do. So throughout the country, mm-hmm. we just had people do different lines. I have not seen that video in a long time. Nice. Yeah, nice. That's terrific. Yeah, pretty cool, right? Yeah, I mean, there's so many amazing memories from that whole experience. And the coolest part for me about it is that our job was to document it. So it's something mm-hmm. that we will always have for the rest of our life. It's not just that these experiences live on in our in our minds and our hearts. Totally. We have hundreds of hours of footage and photos to relive these experiences one day, you know, when we're we're old and in rocking chairs and look back at uh, you know, all the random shaving stations in uh, the park in Cincinnati and like <laughs> yeah. random people are like, Hey, you want to try the Gillette Fusion Pro Glide? And a lot of cool stuff that yeah. we did too. It was pretty cool. Yeah. It, it wasn't all VIP and it was you know, all-star games. No, it was like a wonderful mix of it like was. the absolute highest and the absolute like, you know, yeah, <laughs> lowest. it was pretty cool. And I mean, we were literally, we were on the road together for six, seven weeks, every single day straight in the mm-hmm. same hotel room in the same car van did did i don't know did we ever like get into it with one another i mean that's like a pretty i don't even spend that much time with my wife i don't know if you do like as as we were intertwined i mean i think i mean the fact that we were also working makes it pretty remarkable that we didn't you broke a pair of my sunglasses i remember that i had lent to you and like it became like a little like it was such not a big deal, but that th- nothing happened. Ooh. Like if it was a reality show, that would have been like oh, the, that's the episode. <laughs> that would have like been the, the cliffhanger ending, like yeah. me holding my Ray Bans, yeah, um, oh, or my man. I don't even know what they were. <laughs> but yeah, that's like the only thing 
that I can remember. And you took a little bit long in the bathroom, like what? getting ready in the morning. Really? Like, because we had, there were some times we had to be up like absurdly early to be like the in the Today up. Show and yeah. all the stuff. Yeah, and your face, your hair was definitely growing faster than mine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so there were a couple like there were a couple mornings where I was like. It's this, this dude is still in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you why. Gillette made us shave. We could not have stubble. It was so ridiculous. we'd have to shave multiple times a day yeah. you know, on this tour. Anytime we're on camera, clean shaven. And that's like really raw on your skin. So I had a whole Routine. shaving process. It yeah. was like the artist shaving the pre-shave oils. Mm -hmm. And I lather and I go uh, you know, with you the mean, grain. Your skin, your skin looks phenomenal. Thank you. It so. was... It did take a long time, the yeah. shaving process. And yeah. I feel like as soon as we stopped working with them, yeah. then they started like, okay, everyone has facial hair, so let's style the facial hair. Everybody can have facial right. hair yeah, now. Yeah, we're yeah. like, well, dude, like, we yeah. were like looking like cadets uh, every single day. Exactly. But it was cool, and I always love telling this, how it was supposed to be just a six-week tour across yeah. the country, and it was an amazing experience. But you and I put our heads together, and we're like, we got to keep this going. This mm -hmm. was amazing. So rather than sending these Gillette executives an email, we sent them a video and we basically made another submission video to show them, not tell them why they should keep working with us. And we're able to turn that six week contest experience into their host and spokesman and eventually helped as producers and writers on other campaigns and contests for the next two years at yeah. Super Bowls together and uh, MLB All-Star Games and opening day. It was definitely a pretty cool uh, experience, that, and I'm glad I was able to share it with you. There's no one I'd rather do it with. Oh, thank you so much, man. Yeah, well, same. I think like the idea that a job is never just a job, mm -hmm. that's always an opportunity for more creation, more connection, more yeah. employment, more whatever, that we really nailed that. Yeah. And that, yeah, like, we were like, I'm in the video, I know we joke about dreading going back to pre tour life because right. like, we can't right. just go back to like normal baseline living. Yeah. But that was like a genuine fear. I remember us talking like, we have to buy sports tickets. Wait, like we, we, have to, sport. we have to buy yeah. razors. We have to buy razors. Yeah. We, I mean, we, we have to drive stayed, ourselves they, places. Uh, they put us up in very nice hotels for six, seven weeks in a row. Yeah. Only like the four seasons. Yeah. It was like, uh, here we are, like two guys, you know, recently out of college in our apartments. Like, we hadn't done like washed a towel or made a bed <laughs> in in months. I was, I was, it was some shock getting yeah. back into it. So yeah, it was, a, it was a pretty severe thread count change. Yeah, oh, well, big time, big time. <laughs> yeah. Went back down, but. We were able to continue working together for a lot of different brands. I think they recognized what we were able to do. And then there we were two years later doing a very similar thing for <laughs> Nestle Butterfinger Candy Bar, <laughs> where we were all over America, 25 cities in six weeks. That Not quite as glamorous. Not quite as glamorous. Because we were driving ourselves right. in a giant Butterfinger truck. Yeah, the news van. Yeah, the, the news BBNN. Van. Yes, a brilliant marketing campaign. <laughs> Would you like to tell everyone what this campaign? Now, this was not our idea, and we do like a little guidelines. You know, helps yeah. with creativity, color within the lines. But this was a, an odd one. It was an odd one. It was a lot to digest. It yeah. was a bad elevator pitch. Yeah, if if it takes like someone, some ad agency, some, somebody sold bought it, it through. Um, it was like kind of built around twenty twelve. Yep. Um, and the end of the world was coming, mm -hmm. and it's Butterfinger related. Like the Mayan apocalypse. Mayan apocalypse, because there was like a connection to Mayans and chocolate and aliens and the calendar, and aliens were coming back to take the Butterfinger? Is that close? Like That's pretty much it, <laughs> like, and it makes about as much sense like, as oh, it did back there's then. There's no way that was it, but I think that might have been it. But do you remember what our news truck was? 
Oh yeah, the Bar- Butterfinger Barmageddon News Network, the BBNN. Right. Exactly. Why Which, not? Why not go BNN? And I don't even understand. Why not just go Butterfinger News? Butterfinger Barmageddon right. News Network. Yeah, like, I, it's of, a news network that only reports on one story. Like it, there's none of it made. There's any some sense. there's some flaws in the world building. There's some gaps in the logic. But we got to travel the country, <laughs> see a lot of different places again, and do it together, making comedy videos, mm-hmm. which was a blast. And it ended at Comic Con in San Diego. Oh yes, which. Mm, kind of went viral it did. Uh, what happened it a, a did. bit of a stunt why don't we check out a piece of it and then we can expand upon I'd lo- it i'd love to see a piece of it here we go to comic-con 2012 Yeah, I forgot we were giving out underpants. Like just yeah. to, just to throw in another thing. Oh yeah, another thing. The, that the makes aliens are coming back sense. to steal all of our chocolate. Right. That's why the world is ending. Yeah. Here's some underpants. None of it really made sense, but we knew that the we were ending at Comic Con and the, yeah. the Butterfinger executives they wanted to go out with a bang. Yeah. They didn't like Comic Con and they yeah, were there was like, a little bit of there's some beef there. Giant fu stunt to Comic Con. Yep. So we were like, we're in. And came up with this idea to basically pretend our truck broke down in the middle of the street, yeah. middle of traffic, smoke coming out of the hood. That morning, that was like the closest to like a heist, it like that, like that, and like plan- that, and like planning it. a big surprise party. Yeah, like we met in a park. Yes, we were like yes. sitting on a bench. I remember like That's looking, right. like like nobody's looking. <laughs> yeah, like we we could just meet at a coffee shop. No, yeah, we literally met at a, a park in San Diego. It can't be at the hotel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe at 0800 hours. Yeah, and it was like people came from different directions, <laughs> couldn't be seen going together as if they're right. tracking. Obviously, our we didn't take the Butterfinger van. It's like <laughs> so there's so nothing. I forgot about there's that. nothing covert about that. It's so we, like, ridiculous. Walked. The the lengths we went to, right? Absurd. And we planned this idea to yeah. basically. The busiest night, the busiest day, yeah. Saturday night, 6.30 p.m., 100,000 people leaving the convention center to stop our truck. Truck breaks right down, there. smoke, all traffic. Billows yeah. out from under the hood. And we didn't, I mean, in thinking through the scenarios, and then the idea was once the truck stops, we'll be like, come out, look lost, and open those back doors, and 5,000 pounds of Butterfingers will just pour out, clearly stopping traffic and causing what it did. I don't think we thought of what would happen after that. No, uh, yeah, I don't think and, so either. Yeah, which uh, for our, all our pre-planning, maybe yeah. we should have thought that part through. But excuse me, I get emotional talking about. But it, it ended obviously in my arrest. Yeah, and you took off. You took the truck and got I out. I mean, of don't there. say it like that. Like I left you <laughs> high and dry. <laughs> I mean. I was arrested in my underwear, handcuffed, taken away. Yeah. Um, for I was charged with littering, obstructing the street, and disturbing the peace. Um, but you, I mean, yeah, you you had to save yourself. You you had to get the truck out of there. Yeah, the tr- the truck I had been driving, and the truck right. was like thrust upon me as the responsibility. <laughs> I think so. And this cop like kept on getting in my face, and I was like, "You have to move. You have to move the truck." And I was like. I could play along as if it's not going to work. Like, right. And are they going to tow this truck? Like, I, I really, yeah. it was a weird, like, 
thing that was so fun and right. so successful. And then it was like a record scratch moment. <laughs> the San Diego PD have to come hit us with the dose of rea- reality. Right. You're blocking a street. Yeah. You just dropped 5,000 pounds of underpants and chocolate right. on the ground. Well, actually, Butterfinger Legal told us, I don't remember, you're not allowed to say chocolate. Oh, right. Chocolatey. That chocolate. was the note they That's gave right. us because we said in one of our videos, mm, chocolate. Yeah. They're like, mm, yeah. just say chocolatey. We don't want, yeah, because yeah. it's not technically right. chocolate. They were talking about like the aliens coming back and like filling right. in the Grand Canyon. Like, right. That, well, yeah, that's fine. Oh but. man, it hurts my head how little that made sense. Really the whole did. thing, but yeah. uh, but that was uh, obviously a fun experience, mm-hmm. and it's off my record. Got a Butterfinger lawyer, took care got, of everything. Got we're ex- good. Expunge. Yeah. Great. Exactly. Wonderful. So I mean, those experiences were a lot of fun together, but obviously. Obviously, you now in the Lego world and uh, pairing up with Soul Pancake, the folks over there in this popular YouTube series. How did that come about on your Lego journey, going from making, creating, doing events and and uh, different installations to taking your many talents that you had and combining them with Lego into a show? I was in Vegas meeting with people at Zappos about the installation. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Tony Shea, who was a brilliant uh, entrepreneur, business person, was all about colliding. People of different backgrounds colliding, people in different industries colliding, sharing ideas. And serendipitously on that trip, um, the CEO of Soul Pancake was there and we chatted and she asked me about my work. She's brilliant and awesome and she also liked what I was doing. And we just started talking. Uh, and I, I don't know if it was in Vegas or back in Los Angeles when we reconnected, I had said, Hey, I've had this idea for a while. I loved Bob Ross as a kid. And even though I'm not a painter, like it was so chill and wonderful just to watch and enjoy somebody who loved to create, Mm -hmm. create and kind of talk about it as they're doing it kind of bridge that gap. Like you see a beautiful oil painting, you're like, I can't, where would I start? I have no idea how to possibly do that. You see the soft-spoken Afro-y guy just kind of talking through it, putting (laughs) happy squirrels up in the mix. You're like, oh, okay. Like he's obviously amazing. He's making it look easier than it is, but at least I can have some understanding of how it's coming together. Sure. Uh, And we did a little pilot season um, of a a handful of episodes and they did really well. And I went on to do... I don't know, 60 episodes, 80 episodes, Incredible. a lot of episodes, millions of views, like really grateful that people connected with it and liked it. And one of maybe the only places on the internet where the message board is like so encouraging and yeah. so wonderful and so complimentary. Yeah. And a thing I'm really proud of creating. And then I partnered with them uh, uh, with, with the book and uh, brought a lot of the same energy, the same ideas, the same kind of philosophy behind building and sharing build and sharing creation and what to do when you're frustrated and um, and things like that in in the book. And they've been wonderful to work with. That's amazing. Well, you know, we talked about uh, your love of music. This is actually one of my favorite episodes that you ever did of Brick by Brick for Soul Pancake. Let's check this clip out. <laughs> we do it brick by brick, yeah, piece by piece. Add the finishing tiles until the work is complete. I'm dreaming in Lego, yeah, I build in my sleep. And before I go to bed, I count bricks, not sheep. We do it brick by brick, friends, piece by piece. Add the finishing tiles until the work is complete. I'm dreaming in Lego, yeah, I build in my sleep. Then before I go to bed, I count bricks, not sheep. 
Man, that Lego beat is fat. Every single sound on track. Yeah, Lego piece made that. I rock Lego socks and hat. Custom Lego shirt with all the elements checked. And a Lego American flag hanging from my neck. Lego wardrobe may be clever, but my friends, it's not the measure. It's about what you and I, what we can build together. And we made some amazing things. I never get tired of the vids and pics you bring. Man, I'm always inspired. If this were a Lego test, you'd all get impressive scores. I don't even get depressed when I'm on the message board. You're all so nice. Building community, bringing people and Lego together. Two types of unity. We may be from different countries, but we speak Lego fluently. Honestly, this is a dream come true to me. That's awesome. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, what do you think? When uh, yeah, I, I, it was really fun to do. Yeah. Um, when I pitched it, uh, I wasn't sure if they would say yes. Like, I had some creative control, but I couldn't just, like, decide where all the episodes are going to be. Yeah. Plus, they've made all of these very popular YouTube videos. Like, that was their area of expertise, minus builds. So when I got to do that, I was like, oh, this is, this is a blast. And then the idea kind of, like, built on it. Um, to to build all of the instruments out of Lego, mm -hmm. uh, because then we were able to have episodes where we teach people how to build instruments out of Lego, oh, cool. and then the director Steve, who I still work with all the time, Steve Alos, he's amazing. Um, he produced the track, so we recorded all of the sounds with the brick-built instruments, and then he put together that beat because he's cool. a great director, um, but he's also super into music. It was definitely one of my favorites. It's a catchy beat and a catchy song and a oh, great thanks. performance. And I love that it ties together all of your skills, passions, loves, talents in, in one video. Yeah, it's been, a, I mean, I've seen that, you know, much more recently than the, the uh, Butterfinger and Gillette stuff, but it's, right. been, it's been too long. That's a fun video still. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, one more clip for you to see from uh, one of, I think, the most meaningful episodes that you ever did of Brick by Brick. Sure. If they'll have me, the if, I'm, if I'm cool enough. The king of Legos right here. We met some pretty amazing kids today, and they brought so much positivity, so much energy, and so much creativity. And these kids and their families are going through some of the hardest things they've ever gone through in their entire life. And the fact that they still want to play is such a wonderful reminder that they're still kids. And places like Children's Hospital Los Angeles, where they can still be kids, they're so important. And we're so excited to have teamed up with Bricks for a Cure to be able to bring some support to this place and so many others. So tell us a little bit about that, about that project, what you teamed up and what you were able to do. Yeah, we did uh, an art auction um, for, for CHLA, Children's Hospital LA. And that was, I think, season four of Brick by Brick, where we had a good amount of viewership. We were able to, to do some things in the philanthropic space and partnered with a bunch of charities, gave tons of bricks, gave uh, a lot of money away that season. So that was really, really amazing. And connected with kids, um, met them where they're at. They want to build with Lego. They're not thinking about being sick. They're not thinking about being um, in a hospital. They're thinking about being kids. Yeah. So to, to be able to connect with kids um, with Lego, build things for them, uh, was really special. Yeah, when you left that day, that the set, you know, how did you feel? Uh, I remember that I had been stressed out about the shoot or stressed out about the build, stressed about something, yeah. and I just like sat in my car and I was like, the amount of joy that these people who are dealing with literally the hardest thing in life, like now as parents, if we ever had to, God forbid, deal with like our children being sick, yeah. um, 
in like to that extent. And it was really like a tremendous dose of perspective, mm -hmm. like how, how fortunate I am to have the stresses that I have, to have a day of shooting or the way a build is coming together, be like the biggest worry that I have. Just hit me with like such a dose of gratitude. Yeah. And yeah, and I haven't worked with CHLA a ton since, but I've worked with children's hospitals all over the country, doing installations, doing fundraisers, building things that then get raffled off and the money you know, goes to the family or to the, the hospital itself to serve more families. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, it's a treat. Really meaningful stuff and making a big difference in, in everyone's lives and those kids who, who could you know, use a, a little pick-me-up and a little distraction and just to be kids and totally. play. Yeah, thanks, Great. man. Yeah, for sure. Well, speaking of playing, you know I like to play a lot of games. I want to play a little game with you called Association Word Association. Okay, you are a huge NBA basketball fan. We've yeah. been big fans, watched lots of basketball games together. We've gone to a lot of games together, NBA Finals games. You're from Minnesota, huge T-Wolves fan. Who's your favorite Timberwolf of all time? Kevin Garnett. I mean, I mean, Got to be, obviously. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. One day you'll get there, you'll reach the mountaintop. It's it's not like, you know, Cleveland has it made over here, but at least we had 2016. We, we got the one. Yeah, I mean, when what a what a beautiful what a beautiful win that was. What a story it, that was. It was the best. Yeah. It was the best. All right. So, I have a pack of 2020-2021 Panini NBA trading cards here, NBA hoops, and I'm going to open this pack of cards okay. that have never been opened. Okay. And word association. Just the first thing, don't even think. First okay. thing you think of when I show you a player, you just give me what you Oh, just think. the face, not even the name. You're just going to show me? The I mean, you, you can see their oh, name. Okay. I'll tell okay, you great. who it is. I'll tell you who it is. Oh, okay, but cool. you just got to give me your one-word response. <laughs> okay, like, great. What comes to mind oh, this is fun. when you see this? It's fun. Okay. All right. I'm like shaking all the, the words out of my head. Start fresh. Here we go. Okay. Derek Rose. Uh, comeback? Question mark? I don't know. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just a single word? Or you want me yeah. to like riff well, on? Now you can expand. Start with a single word. He was so much fun. Like back on the Bulls. Like so explosive. So cool. Like very bummed with all of the injuries. And then when he ended up being a wolf, I was like, oh, interesting. Right. And then right. he was like pretty fun as yeah. a wolf. And now, yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. How about Markel Fultz? Um, disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Markel. But he was, didn't he like get it back together and then he got injured? He's, yeah, he got hurt this last season. But I mean, obviously, he was the number one overall pick. Right. Didn't quite live up to the hype. Couldn't yeah. shoot. But, since going to Orlando, yeah. he's starting to put it together. Yeah. Sorry, Markel. I don't mean to hit you with disappointment. <laughs> disappointment. Like, <laughs> great wow. guy. He's good in oh, the community. I don't mean to boil these feel. people down to. That's okay. <laughs> I don't know if Markel's watching, but. This is just, know. we know that he is. This right. is just about, uh, you know, how I feel about them as a player. So, your favorite team, of course, is. I mean, it's, I guess it's still the Timberwolves, but it's challenging. <laughs> it's challenging, man. Well, our next guy from the Timberwolves, Josh Okogi. Oh, Kogi. Uh, defense? Okay. I'd say he's the number right. one. I like he's like the type of player that we draft. <laughs> like like I don't know what yeah. what he will be capable of. He's got a cool name. Spoken like a true <laughs> Wolves fan. <laughs> just right sighing. Yeah, just, just sighing through all the wolves sighing. except for Anthony Edwards. Yeah. Well, how about Kevin Knox? Uh Knox. yeah. Future. I think I, I, I like the kids' name game. Um yeah, I don't I haven't watched a ton of Nick's Knicks games. Yeah. I think Julius Randle was so, so special this season. Oh, my God. He was um, amazing. 
Was Knox hurt? Or was Knox playing? Uh, he didn't get a ton of playing time this year. Their yeah, other kid is hurt. Yeah, okay. I think Tom Thibodeau doesn't like the you know the young guys quite like, as much. He goes for the vets. His, yeah, you know Tom. The Thibodeau. way he plays players is constantly maddening. <laughs> oh, we got some cool cards coming. This is uh, Vanity Plates. Brandon Ingram. Sweet. It's very shiny. Oh, now I see it. Uh, Brandon Ingram was awesome. Like I'm so curious as like what would have happened if Julius Randle and Ingram would have stayed in L.A. In Lakers, right? and like what they could have built. I think he's terrific. Yeah. This is a cool card, and he's a rookie uh, from the Minnesota Timberwolves, and it's a piece of his jersey. Get out of here. Jaden McDaniels. I really led that like it would be Anthony. I know. Adams. I was so like about to fall out of this chair. But They put a piece of the jersey in the look car? Look at that. Here, check oh, it out. Sick. Touch the jersey. No way. What a cool thing. Jersey. Good job, Panini. I thought you just made hot sandwiches. <laughs> I'm crushing this card game. That's cool. Really cool. What do you think about him? Uh, yeah, like cautiously optimistic. Yeah, he's like, he's crazy athletic. So I mean, his length, yeah, definitely a lot of potential. This could be worth something one day. It's cool. That's that's a cool thing. That's got some weight to it. Yeah, I mean, how many jerseys do you think they're putting into into cutting up and putting into cards? I don't know. You can get a lot of little like square inches out of a jersey. You can. I mean, yeah, there's probably enough. I don't know. Does he know? Does he just have like a little hole in the back of his jersey? He's like missing that one piece. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be fun. That'd be good. And the last one is another rookie card. It's from the Detroit Pistons, Killian Hayes. Uh, Ah. I (laughs) I know the name. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I don't. All right. Well, that was very honest of you. That was good. I like that. I like who? That. Who he played for? Yeah. Well, thanks for playing Association Word Association. We got two Timberwolves out of, That's out great. of eight cards. Two, two Timberwolves, rookies, a piece of jersey. I mean, come on. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Now, I love to collect cards. I collect mm-hmm. sneakers. I collect T-shirts, as you this saw. Is, yes, I you do. A lot of T-shirts. Yes, probably too many. As it's a strong T-shirt me. game. Yeah, I got hundreds of T-shirts. Maybe unnecessary. Um, what is something you collect as we play another round of Cool, Calm, and Collected? Ooh, nice. Uh, I acquire so many Lego things. I acquire tons of Lego pieces, and then I also buy a lot of sets mm. um, because sometimes sets are really cool. I still like to build sets every now and then yeah. to see how Lego is bringing pieces together and connecting because like, obviously you build a Star Wars ship. You learn how to build that Star Wars ship, right. but maybe pieces are being used in a new interesting way and you're like, oh cool, I can like put that in my toolbox right. and I can you know, do a build like that or something similar yeah. and that has nothing to do with this spaceship. Right. So I collect Lego sets. Um, I don't want to bring a, bu- a bunch of Lego sets over. I also collect Lego minifigures oh, cool. who are of interest to me. Oh, I like and this. And believe it or not, I brought over I like it. the confluence Show of our tell. world. I brought over this uh, NBA minifig Lego collection. Whoa. Uh, Look at this. Front and center, obviously, KG, my favorite, yeah. my favorite wolf, uh, my favorite hooper of all time. Uh, Paige Soyakovic and Jalen Rose in the, in the mix. This is amazing. Um, yeah, in my book, I talk about my favorite minifigs of all time. The KG minifig gets a shout out. So this buying cool. this was actually part of the, the book budget, which was great. I had to buy a bunch of Lego That's and a great. bunch of minifigs. This is very cool. The players on the back here, I mean, Gary Payton, Dirk Nowitzki, Vince Carter, Tony Kukoc from his Milwaukee Bucks days. Yeah. I like those like deep cuts <laughs> sure, like sure, that. Sure. Kobe, a Kobe one in yeah. here. KG. I know what's cool about these. Very cool. I can bust yeah. them out. Um, obviously, we'll take out KG. Awesome. Um, so there's these little stands that they stand on. Uh, their oh, card sweet. goes in here. Their cards yeah. I still have in the little pack, like yeah. the three cards together. And then 
Are so these like hard to find? They or? are hard to find. It's a very like short-lived series. That's amazing. They're only out for a little while. Um, KG's got some like, I don't know, marinara sauce on them or something. My daughter was playing with them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's like spring in the legs. So there was oh. a game. There's like a basketball court like this size yeah. where like you put all the players out and like you have them hold the ball and actually like take shots. Cool. And like fling KG a little bit there. Very cool. It says Garnett on the back. Yeah. 21 jersey. Oh, that's neat. And look at that face. It, it looks like him. Dude. Yeah, they got a little, <laughs> yeah. you know, he's, there's not quite that scowl, but uh, yeah. And what's like, I love it. One of the coolest things to come out of Lego doing NBA minifigs is yeah. the first time they ever made black minifigs. Because oh, wow. forever, Lego were just yellow. Because like, right. they're a Danish company. They kind of see that as like the universal color, which it is pretty universal like if, the Simpsons. if you're European. But they were like, well, what are we going to do? We can't just put out yellow basketball players because it's, yeah. it's not really universal. Yeah. Um, and then since then, uh, they've put out way more black characters. Minifig diversity is like something that I'm actually like really passionate about and like wow. working on and like awesome. dealing with people at Lego. Because yeah. um, as a kid, there were no minifigs that looked like me. Right. Um, so I would take little brown and black one by ones and replace the heads so I could have like some black population in my minifig. Yeah. But yeah, that's something that's still working for for more black minifigs out there, black, brown, all colors. Very cool. Um, but yeah, this is, this is that's like awesome. an extra layer of specialness for my, my little cage. I minifig. love it. I love it. That's really cool. That's really cool. Yeah. I like that. Thanks for bringing that. I see you've got some other stuff with you too. What other goodies do you have here? Uh, I think oh. this oh! is going to look pretty dope in this room, Brad. Let's go in the zone. <laughs> ITZ. Wow. This is epic. This is amazing. Nice, Thank you so yeah. much. This is incredible. You're I welcome. love this. And this is definitely getting displayed prominently here in the in the zone studio. This is amazing. Thank you for this. Oh man. yeah, you're so welcome. I'm glad you dig it. I love it. It's a great it's a great logo. I was Look like, at that. Yeah. Trying to make it work in the, you know, the, the small space. That's amazing. Thank you. Uh, really, really cool. And uh, it's uh, an Adam Ward original. I Got love it. it. I love it, man. Uh, well, Adam, this has been a blast, dude. We could talk forever. I mean, we, we do all the time. Uh, and I, I really appreciate you uh, reminiscing about some of our journeys together and doing a deep dive on all the amazing stuff that you've created in the Lego world. You know that I've had a long relationship with Homage, the t-shirt company in Ohio, back where I'm from, softest t-shirts in the game. And this next segment is brought to us by our friends at Homage called Pay Homage. I want to give you an opportunity to pay homage to someone in your life who inspired you, who helped pave the way for your success. It could be someone you know intimately, closely related to, or it could be someone you've never even met, but you've just admired or respected them from afar, and they've, you've drawn inspiration from them in your life and in your career. So Adam Ward, who do you want to pay homage to? I'm lucky that there's lots of people who inspire me in my life. Uh, the, the engine that helps power the machine that is my business and my life is my wife. So Stacy's story uh, is for sure that person yeah. who handles so much on the home front, who helps me endlessly with my work, who inspires me and like her belief in me is so, so tremendous that I feel uh, like if she believes in me, oh, then I 100% can do it. Like my belief in me um, is it luckily very strong. Like my parents gave me loads of confidence um, and I got to do cool stuff when I was young. So I was like, oh, if I work hard and try things, like magic happens. So I've never had a shortness of, of, of confidence or ambition. But your parents, I think, get you to a point. And then mm -hmm. whether it's 
a, a really close friend or a sibling or in my case, you know, my wife, my partner. Um, yeah, she's really like carrying that that torch is like my biggest fan, my biggest critic, and um, yeah, like my biggest promoter too. Oh, that's awesome to hear. I know Stacy; she's incredible. She's a badass powerhouse, and uh, you guys have uh, created an amazing family together. Now two daughters, and can't wait for maybe my daughter and your daughter to travel the country on behalf <laughs> of Venus Razorblades one day. <laughs> uh, it'll be great, yeah. Uh, well, thank you for this incredible gift, and thank you for coming here on In The Zone. I got something for you, too. This is a limited edition Series 1 Adam Ward In The Zone trading card <laughs> just for you, my man. <laughs> we only printed five of these. These are a limited edition. Yes. Adam is going to sign all of them. One is for you. One is going to hang on our wall of fame for all of our guests, and three are going to go to our fans and followers we're going to give those away, give you a chance to get an Adam Ward autographed card. Oh, that's amazing. Adam. Is it always purple in the background or do you just do that because it's my favorite this is color? For you, my man. Oh, my. You know, you're so good. You got a daughter named Plum. You're so we good. The color scheme. Yeah, yeah. We know what we're doing. Yeah, love that. Exactly. That's phenomenal. Well, I love you, buddy. Thank you for coming love on you too, here man. in the zone. This was great. Uh, and until the next adventure, we'll see you soon. <laughs> we're out. <laughs> Peace, everybody. Wear slippers in the studio. <laughs>